الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ويدعوننا رغبا ورحبا وكانوا لنا خاشعين سبحان ربك رب العزة اما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد ومبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد ومبارك وسلم الله سبحانه وتعالى has created everything in this universe in such a way that it everything is changing nothing is permanent weather changes our health changes our risk changes our emotions change our moods change our fortunes change our destinies change even takdeer can change with the dua of a salih muslim why because allah ta'ala wanted to show that allah subhanahu himself alone is unchanging Absolute permanence belongs only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is Al-Hayyul Qayyub. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran about us, تِلْكَ الْأَيَّامِ نُدَعْبُلُهَا بَيْنَ nas. It means that these are different days, different periods, different phases. And Allah ta'ala will keep rotating them on the different people. So for example, sometimes we have sadness, sorrow, grief, some difficulty, setback in our life. And there are many times in our life that everything is going smooth, according to plan, better to plan. We are succeeding, accomplishing, attaining, achieving different states in a person's life. When we look at the blessings that Allah SWT has given us, it gives us great hope in the mercy of Allah SWT and that He loves us and He will forgive us. However, on the other hand, if we look at the sins that we do, if we look at our record of deeds, if we think about what will be presented about our life in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it gives us great fear. And how in the world will I pass an exam with this answer? <laughs> Sometimes you will see there's a student and he comes out of an exam and you can tell on his face he must take the exam. So you ask him, did you look really worried? He's like, yes. So it hasn't even been graded yet. Your professor hasn't even seen it yet. He's like, no, but I know what I wrote. <laughs> I know what type of answer I've written. I know what a terrible answer I've written. That's why I'm really worried. The professor may end up seeing it later. It's sitting on his desk somewhere. But I know what I just wrote. That's how we should feel. Every day that I just wrote this page in my book of deeds. Now Allah Ta'ala will examine me on it much later on the Day of Judgment. But I know what I wrote today. I'm really worried. I already wrote it. We should be scared. When we look at our sins and look at our deeds, what's going to happen to us on the Day of Judgment? So, these both feelings have to be there. In our deen, these feelings are called khawf and raja. Khawf means fear in Allah's fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And raja means hope in His love and His mercy. And that's why the Arabs would say, it's not a hadith, it's just a statement in Arabic, Al-Imanu bayn al-khawfi wa rajai that Iman, true Iman, real Iman, lies in between fear and hope. Actually, true Iman lies in having absolute fear and absolute hope. The coexistence of pure fear for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and at the same time pure hope in His mercy. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it like this? Because we need both feelings. There's a saying in at least American English called the carrot and the stick. So there's a donkey. In order to get the donkey to move, sometimes you need the stick. Fear of the stick will make the donkey move. And sometimes they dangle the carrot in front of the donkey. And the donkey moves in the hope that it will reach the carrot. It's not an intelligent creature. So every step it takes, the carrot keeps going the same amount. Because the carrot is at a fixed distance, just like I'm, my, hand, my hand would be the carrot. And he walks forward, the carrot just keeps, but he keeps having hope. Every step we take, and it's amazing, the donkey never loses hope. He takes 10 steps, 100 steps, he walks for miles. He doesn't think that I haven't even come one inch closer to the carrot. 
every step he takes in the hope he will reach the carrot. Just like that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put hopes in the akhirah for us by mentioning his mercy over and over in Quran, that he's Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, by mentioning so many rewards, fadail, ajr, sawab, that he will give for different acts of ibadah to give us hope and hope and hope in his mercy. At the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Quran mentions his anger, his wrath, his punishment, the fire of Jahannam, the painful torment of fire of Jahannam, adabun adim, adabun shadeed, adabun adim. Why should we feel fear of Allah subhanahu wa The reason is that our nafs is like the donkey. Our nafs sometimes becomes so insistent on sin, that even though at that moment we know about Allah Ta'ala's mercy, even though we know how much Allah Ta'ala loves us, even though we know about the promise of Jannah, it's not enough to keep us from sin. It's not enough. Because at that time our nafs is getting addicted to sin. So then Allah Ta'ala made another emotion for us to help us stop our nafs from sin. And that is called the fear of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala explained this beautifully in one place in Quran. مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ they're able to stop their nafs from the nafs' desires, the nafs' insistent to do sin. Who can do that? Man khafa, that person who has khawf, that person who has fear of Allah subhanahu wa What do they remember at this moment? They realize, I cannot live for the here and now. I cannot live for this current pleasure. I have to remember a day, maqama, a day when I will be made to stand maqam al-rabbihi, when I will be presented and made to stand in front of my Allah subhanahu ta'ala. I have to remember that day. Remembering that day makes me scared. So we need that fear in order to be able to stop our nafs from sinning. Just loving Allah subhanahu ta'ala, just having hope in His mercy will not be enough. We have to feel fear for Allah subhanahu ta'ala. What is fear? Khawf means is a feeling. It's a feeling in the heart that overwhelms a person so much it leaves him trembling. That's called khawf. I'm explaining this in detail. Why? Because maybe some of us here tonight think, I've also felt afraid of Allah Ta'ala. Most of us haven't felt this fear. Khawf means to feel such overpowering fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it leaves a person shaking, leaves a person trembling, leaves a person shivering. I'll give you an example. If somebody, maybe one of us, or one of our friends or family members, had a near-death accident. In our area, in our country, in Pakistan, when you go up north, there are these winding roads up the mountains. And they're very narrow. And sometimes two bus drivers decide to race on those roads. I had one experience like that. <coughs> Allah Akbar. You round the curve and you see two buses coming at you, four headlights at full speed. Each they're literally trying. To, one is trying to overtake the other, and the other is trying not to let the one overtake him. And then you swerve, and somehow they manage to swerve, and you just escape death. That is what I call a near. Miss near it. Hmm? That moment when you see those two buses, that's called khawf. That's a fear that was so overwhelming over you, you can never forget it your whole life. That's called khawf. Even when you recall the memory, it still puts tingles down your spine. That's called khawf. Man That person who shivers and quivers and trembles out of fear. When they think about the day they're going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that person will be able to stop their nafs from sin. Until we reach that level of fear, we won't be able to stay away from all sin entirely. And we were explaining to a few friends earlier today, that unless you stay away from all sin entirely, you won't be able to fly to Jannah. Just imagine that there are 100 sins. And so, let's pretend there are 100 ropes on an inko yambutadam. Have the boy sit in the back, it's a bit distracting. So, (laughs) 
Imagine there are 100 sins and imagine they're like ropes. So there's a bird and there are 100 ropes tying him down. He won't be able to fly. Let's say a person leaves 80 cents, but there's still 20 ropes. He won't be able to fly. Let's say he lives 90 cents. There's still 10 ropes. He won't be able to fly. Let's say he leaves 99 cents. Do you tell me if there was a bird, that there were 100 ropes tying that bird down? I loosen 99 of those ropes. There's only one rope left. Can the bird fly? No. The only way the bird will be able to fly is if he, all the ropes are loosened. Just like that, the only way we will be able to enter Jannah is if we leave all sins entirely. Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, وَذَرُوا ظَاهِرُ الْإِثْبِ وَبَاطِنَا That you must leave all the sins that you do, the outward sins and the inner sins. You have to leave them all. The only way to do that is by fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Love for Allah ta'ala, we can leave 80-90% of sins. Thinking about Allah's mercy, 95-96% of sins. There's one, two, three sins that we're addicted to, that we enjoy, that we find pleasure in. Those sins we can only leave if we start feeling the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this type of fear, this type of fear, then what is hope? Hope means that a person thinks about the endless, limitless mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so much that even though technically they should have been hopeless, they become hopeful. They have nothing. They see nothing in themselves. But when they look at Allah Ta'ala's infinite, limitless, overwhelming mercy, they get hope. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu once famously said, that if I was to be told that every single person will go to Jannah except one person, I would be afraid that I would be that one person who would be sent to Jannah. And if I were to be told that every single person will go to Jahannam and only one person will go to Jannah, I would have hoped that I would be that one person. So he had absolute fear and he had absolute hope. Al-Imanu bayn al-Naja'i wal-Khawf. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Qur'an al-Kareem has mentioned in many ayahs about the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the hope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So first we will do some ayahs about the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَفَأَمِنُوا مَكْرَ اللَّهِ فَلَا يَعْمَنُوا مَكْرَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا لَقَوْمَ الْخَاسِرُونَ That do they think they are safe from the power and the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No. Nobody can ever be free and safe from the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except Al-Qawm Al-Khasirun, except those people who are completely lost, who have lost themselves, who are losers, who are in a state of khasara. So we are not Qawm Al-Khasirun, we are Qawm Al-Mu'minun. So it means that we can never ever think that now I've reached some state in my life that my Allah can never punish me. We can never think like that. At any time, any sin of ours is worthy of being punished. In fact, if you think about it, it would have been appropriate. The very first time we misused our eyes, Allah Ta'ala should have made us blind right there. The very first time we misused our tongue, Allah Ta'ala should have made us mute right there. The very first time we listened to something we shouldn't have listened to, Allah Ta'ala should have made us deaf right there. The first time we used our body in sin, Allah Ta'ala should have crippled us right there. But Allah Ta'ala didn't because He's Al-Halim. Al-Halim means that being who withholds His punishment, withholds His power even though He is 100% within His right to send down His punishment and apply His power. So none of us should think that we reach any level or state that we are immune or somehow protected from the power of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Next Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says in Quran another verse, no one will ever despair of the relief from Allah Taala except the Qawmal Kafirun, the community of disbelievers. So again, we are Al-Qawmal Mu'minun. 
Now what happens when fear leaves a person's heart? If a person doesn't have this hope in their heart, then they become sluggish, lazy, lackadaisical in their iman. If everything is going fine, and they can comfortably obey Allah Ta'ala, they will do so. But if obeying Allah Ta'ala requires some mudahada, requires some effort, requires some sacrifice, they won't be able to do that. However much deen falls in their lap, they're willing to do that. But for them to reach out for more in deen, they won't be able to do that. Because they don't have the fear of Allah Ta'ala in their heart. So they do whatever is easy for them. They can't leave their comfort zone. As Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهُدُ فِينَا وَالَّذِينَ جَاهُدُ فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُلُنَا That those who make mujahada, who strive, who try to make it happen, who reach out for the deen, Allah Ta'ala sends them His hidayah. So the promise of hidayah is for the people of mujahada, for the people who strive and make effort. And unless we have the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we won't be engaged in this effort. Why? Because we'll be busy running after our desires. We won't be able to stop our nafs from its desires. So we'll become a slave of our desires. At the same time, the fear should not be so much that it removes a person's hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No. The fear has to be balanced by the hope and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then there, some eyes in Quran in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned, hope and his give eyes that give us hope and his mercy. First ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, Qul ya ibani alladina asrafu ala anfusihim, la taqnatu min rahmatillah. La taqnatu min rahmatillah means that don't ever despair of the mercy of Allah ta'ala. Who is Allah ta'ala talking to in this verse? It's a very special category of believers. Listen to this verse very carefully. It's a very particular group Allah Ta'ala is talking to. Alladina asrafu ala anfusihim. The sinners. Those believers who have sinned against themselves. Those believers who have wronged themselves. Those believers who have committed an injustice against themselves by leaving the commandments of Allah Ta'ala. So if anybody wondered that is there any ayah in the Quran for me that what does Allah Ta'ala say about me when I commit a sin? Right there and then, when I commit a sin, right in the act of sin, right after the climax of sin, what does the Qur'an say about me when I've done this gross injustice to myself? Allah Ta'ala is so merciful. To this person Allah Ta'ala says, لا تَكْنَتُوا مِرَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Don't think that your sinful acts have put you beyond the reach of the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. No, no, no. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا Know that indeed Allah Ta'ala can forgive all sins entirely. Allah Ta'ala can forgive all sins entirely. Innahu huwa ghafoorur raheem. Indeed He, He Allah is the all-forgiving, all-merciful one. So this eye gives a person hope. That this is Allah Ta'ala talking to the sinners. This is Allah Ta'ala talking to the sinners when they commit the sin and injustice on their own selves. And in the beginning Allah Ta'ala said, Qul. He said, Oh, proclaim to them, my beloved Messenger, Ya Ibadi, that, Oh, my slaves. What does it mean? Allah is telling the sinner that even though you sin, you're still mine. I haven't divorced you. I haven't let go of you. Ibadi, you're still my Ibad. So you should remember that I am still your Rabb and turn to me in istighfar and tawbah. Turn to me seeking forgiveness and repenting to me. You will find that I can forgive everything. Allah Akbar. How much more hope could we get? Hmm? Can there be any person like that who says that to you? Most of us would say, look, if you do something wrong, you better come to me later. <laughs> Let me cool down. <laughs> right now, instantly, there's no way I'm going to be able to forgive you. <laughs> no one's going to instantly forgive you. They say, come back. Your friends will say, no, don't go right now. Let me talk to him. Let me calm him down a bit. You go back to him later. Hmm? Allah is Allah. Hmm? Right there and then he's telling the sinner that don't despair of my mercy. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. That's the purpose of this ayah. So this ayah gives us a lot of hope. Then some of the ulama of tafsir, they said that another verse of Quran gives a lot of hope. Inna Allah la yakfiru an yushraka bi. That Allah Ta'ala will never forgive one thing 
that shirk that anybody associates partners to him. But Allah Ta'ala can forgive everything other than that. To whomsoever he wants to forgive. What does this mean? Murder can be forgiven. Zina can be forgiven. Theft can be forgiven. Betrayal can be forgiven. Any and every list of sin you make other than shirk can be forgiven by Allah Subhanahu wa So if a person does a sin, any sin other than shirk, they can read this ayah and say, Ya Allah, you said in Quran that you were willing to forgive something other than shirk. I did a sin, but alhamdulillah, it was something other than shirk. I have hope in this ayah that you will forgive me, Ya Allah. Then, another verse when Allah Ta'ala talks about sinners, some of us strain say that this ayah gives a lot of hope. That whosoever does some evil sin, or wrongs themselves, and then after that, just ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive them. They will immediately find that Allah Ta'ala is all forgiving, all merciful. Ya Allah. Allah Ta'ala is so crystal clear verse. Literal verse. Whoever commits an evil sin or wrongs himself and does what? They do hajj. They do 20 years of worship to make it up. What do they do? And then they just say sorry to Allah once. Not even yastaghfirun. Yastaghfir. They just say once, not perpetually. They say sorry once. They will find immediately that Allah does all forgiving, all merciful. Allah. That's why every time we sin, we should remember these verses. We should turn immediately in istighfar. We should immediately have hope. So what did we realize? Before sin, have fear. After sin, have hope. Before sin, have fear. After you do sin, have hope. Shaitan turns sin. What does he do? He tries that before sin, you have hope. I'll do it, Allah will forgive me. He tries to twist it. Shaitan is a twisted creature. He tries to convince us like that. That koi ne kar leta hum baab mein maafi maangata. It's Urdu. Same thing I said in English. Hmm? And after, after the sin he makes us afraid. It happens. And after the sin the person gets so afraid they don't know what to do. And they get scared. And they don't even pray Fajr that morning. And they even stop praying because they're so scared. No, they were supposed to be scared before the sin. And they were supposed to be hopeful after the sin. That's what the Deen teaches us. So first line of defense, fear. And hope that inshallah that saves you from doing the sin. If that line of defense doesn't hold and you end up in the sin, then turn immediately to hope and istighfar and delete that sin from your record. And keep going. So easy. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Easy if we have both fear in our heart and we have hope in our heart. And if we don't have that fear and we don't have that hope, then we don't have these two lines of defense. Alright. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Qur'an al-Kareem has in some verses of Qur'an combined both of them together. First we showed some verses of fear, then some verses of hope. Now some verses of Qur'an where Allah ta'ala mentions both fear and hope together. First of those verses. Nabi ibadi anni anal ghafoorul rahim That tell my slaves that me, me, Allah, I'm all forgiving, all merciful. And also tell them that, and my punishment is indeed a painful, tormenting punishment. So in one sentence, Allah Ta'ala mentioned both. I'm here again, the ulama of tafsir said that first Allah Ta'ala mentioned his forgiveness. First Allah Ta'ala mentioned forgiveness. So now we add three steps. First step, fear. To prevent you from the sin. If you mess up on that, you fall this sin, have hope. Have hope that Allah is forgiving and merciful. If you don't have the hope and don't ask Allah for forgiveness, then third step, Then you will end up in punishment. So we never want to reach that third stage. And the only way to avoid the third stage is so easy. Just make a stick fall. Just say sorry. 
just ask Allah SWT for forgiveness. Then the verse we recited in the beginning of Bayan, here also Allah Ta'ala mentioned both feelings together. يَلْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفٌ وَتَمَعًا That they make dua to Allah Ta'ala. Here, fear comes first. They make dua to Allah Ta'ala afraid. What does it mean? Very important, it's something we don't do. We make dua after the sin. Dua in Makhfid, Allah forgive us from sin. Here Allah is teaching us, before you sin, make dua. Ya Allah, I'm afraid I'm going to fall into that sin. Ya Allah, I'm afraid I'm weak. Ya Allah, protect me from that sin. Save me from that sin. Guard me from that sin. Before doing the sin, make dua. Allah is guiding us in Qur'an. And our problem is we haven't been guided by the guidance. This is the book of Hidayah. But we don't take guidance from it. So before we sin, we're in a state of khawf. Lest I sin. What if I slip? What if I fall into sin? And we should make this dua even if there's some sin you never did. Maybe somebody thinks that, oh, there's a sin. Let's say somebody says, Alhamdulillah, I don't do backbiting. Alhamdulillah. But this isn't your greatness. This is Allah Ta'ala's blessing on you. You should be scared. What if this gets taken away from me? What if in addition to all the sins I already do, I slip into this also? So start making dua. Ya Allah, please never let me backbite anyone. Never let me hurt anyone. Never let me be angry at anyone. Never let me betray anyone. You haven't done it yet. But you're making dua khawfan. And the second way of doing with tama. Tama means yearning, hoping for Allah's mercy. This is after the sin. This is to make dua after the sin. Having tama, it means hirs, lalach means extreme need and extreme hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this verse also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the hope and mercy, uh, fear and hope together. And then the completion of this verse to tell us what happens if we make dua in this way, fearfully before sin and hopefully after sin, فَلَا تَعْلَمُ نَفْسٌ مَا أُخْفِيَ لَهُمْ مِنْ that no person knows what Allah Ta'ala has kept hidden for them in Jannah as a reward and a coolness for their eyes, jaza'an bima kanu ya'malun, as a reward for everything that they used to do. So it means all of their a'mal, if they're accompanied with these two types of du'a, they will take those a'mal with them into Jannah. Those a'mal will take them into Jannah. Shaykh Amrakadha Jalani Rimullah Ta'ala was one of the greatest awliyaullah of this ummah. And he lived in one of the great cities of Baghdad. It's written about him in his biography that he spent 18 years talking to people about Allah Taala's mercy, teaching his students about Allah Taala's mercy. So one day he felt that, okay, I've spent 18 years talking to them about Allah Taala's mercy. Once let me talk to them about Allah Taala's anger, Allah Taala's punishment, Allah Taala's azmat, Allah Taala's jalal. It's narrated that that one talk he gave melted the hearts of the whole audience and they were crying and crying and crying. And he was amazing. Ya Allah, for 18 years I talked to them about your mercy. And once I talked to them about your power and your magnitude and they're crying like this. And what he mentioned then is that mercy gives rise to fear. Knowing that Allah Ta'ala is merciful increases the fear. I'll show you from Qur'an. It means that these were true people. Otherwise, if a person only hears about mercy, you may think that they'll stop fearing Allah Ta'ala. No. The more you know Allah Ta'ala is merciful, the more you will fear Him. And if somebody teaches you 18 years about the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, the most you will fear Him. Why? Now listen to Qur'an. Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, مَنْ خَشِيَ الرَّحْمَانَ بِالْغَيْبِ So what is the attribute Allah Ta'ala is mentioning? Al-Rahman. When they think about Allah Ta'ala being Al-Rahman, all-merciful, when they're thinking about the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, what is the feeling they have? Khashiya. They have fear. Man khashiya rahman That that person who fears Allah al-Rahman, all-merciful Allah, bil ghayb. When that Allah is unseen, when they're alone with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is our problem, that we sin when we're alone. The Qur'an teaches us, no, you're never alone. When you're alone, you're not alone. When you're alone, you're one-on-one with Allah. That's how you should feel. I'm not alone. It's me and Allah, one-on-one. Allah, Akbar. You know how scary that is? Hmm? 
not in the protection of masjid, you're alone in your room, it's late night. It's you and Allah subhanahu wa one on one man khashiyah. And this is the time to fear, bil ghayb is the time to fear. This is what we call in Urdu language, khalwat mitakon, to fear Allah ta'ala in privacy. We all fear Allah ta'ala publicly. Who is going to commit a big sin in front of everyone? And that's not even because we're fearing Allah, we're afraid of embarrassment. <laughs> that's not khawf. Khawf means to fear Allah. Even those of us who stay away from sin, the only reason we stay away from sin is what if we get caught? Then we'll be embarrassed, then we'll be exposed, then we'll be shamed. We're not afraid of Allah, we're afraid of zillat. We're afraid of zillat, we're afraid of being humiliated. Yes, the sign that a person fears Allah, man rahman bil Now imagine that if they're thinking about this attribute of Allah, ar-Rahman, and they're feeling khashiya, they're feeling fear, what would happen if this person was to think about Allah Ta'ala as al-Aziz, al-Jabbar, al-Mutakabbir, al-Qahar? Can you imagine what would happen to this person's heart? That's the type of people shake up the Qadr Jinayna of Taimid. This is the power of the awliyaullah, the effect of tazkiyah. You know, those of us who are from India, Pakistan area, it's the largest number of Muslims in the world, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh combined. 600 million of the 1.2 billion Muslims, half of the Muslims of the world are in South Asia. 99.9999999% of all of the people who are Muslim in South Asia are descendants from Hindus. And those Hindus accepted Islam because of the awliyaullah. Yes? They just met the wali of Allah SWT and they saw that look at this person has such great character, such a great heart, we just want to become like them. There was no course on comparative religion. There was no lecture on the problems of shirk. There was no comparison between Hinduism and Islam, nothing like that. They just came into the company of the awliyaullah and they decided to give up their religion and become Muslim. Half of the ummah right now is due to the barakah of awliyaullah. The very iman of the ummah. Allahu Akbar. This is what these people used to do. Man Rahman bin He made a whole group who were living feelings of this time. Now, some points about fear and hope. Although, yes, we should always have both. But sometimes we should have more of one than the other. Like we already mentioned a few things to you, right? Before sin, fear should be more. After sin, hope should be more. Second, is in youth, fear should be more. And in old age, hope should be more. Youth in deen is defined as up till 40. So if you're under 40, especially if you're 15 to 30 years old, you should have more fear. You should be more scared of Allah subhanahu wa And when you're older, you can have more hope in Allah subhanahu wa In happiness, you should have more fear. Happiness means when you're happy, things are going well, you have money, feel fear of Allah subhanahu wa Because now you're empowered to sin. You have the opportunity to sin. You have the finance to sin. You have the ease of sinning. You should feel more fear of Allah subhanahu wa And when you're in a state of difficulty, financial difficulty or some type of sadness, setback, you should have more hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Have more hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Regarding your own self, you should have more fear about whether you will be saved. Regarding others, you should have hope that everyone else will be saved. These are what our Mashaikh teaches. us. I'm teaching you what our Mashaikh taught me. So you understand that what is this thing? What is tazkiyat, tasawwuf, tariqat? What do our Mashaikh teach? This is what they teach. They teach us how to feel the Qur'an. Otherwise it's just words. It's just translations. It's just recitations. No. We have to get these feelings. We have to get the feeling of fear. The feeling of hope. We have to learn when to feel fear. When to feel hope. How to feel fear. How to feel hope. They are the teachers of feelings. Teachings of wordings of Qur'an that's called Qari. Teachings of meanings of Qur'an that's called Alim. And teaching of feelings of Qur'an that's called Wali. That's called Shaykh. Just like we need the wordings of Qur'an, we need and we need the meanings of Qur'an, just like that we need the feelings of Qur'an. And the examination on the Day of Judgment is going to be about the feelings of Qur'an. Nobody is going to, going to be examined and can you recite the verse of Khawf? 
It's not going to be an examination of recitation. It's not going to be an examination of translation. Can you recite the verse on khawf? It's going to be an examination of feelings. Did you feel the khawf I told you to feel when I sent you Qur'an? That's the examination on the Day of Judgment. So we have to spend our life learning these feelings of Qur'an. So fear for our own self and hope for others. Very important. If a person could adopt this, all the hasad will go away, rivalry will go away, enmity will go away. Because we're so busy being afraid for our own self, and we confirm having hope for the other. I say, look, I know what he's doing is correct, I'm just worried about me. As opposed to, again, shaitan twists us. I know I'm correct, I think what he's doing is not correct. So foolish. Not so hopeful about ourselves. And so strange, because we know our sins with yakin. Everybody knows their own life with certainty. We know for sure we're sinners, that we're so hopeful about ourselves. We're not even 100% sure about the other person, did he do a sin or not, but we're still skeptical about them, maybe they're not on the right path. This not the way of Nabi Kareem sallallahu So to have fear and hope. Now listen to some hadith also of Nabi Kareem sallallahu First few hadith that give us hope and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Rasulullah said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created 100 parts to the manifestation of His mercy. His own mercy cannot have parts. Allah Ta'ala does not have parts. But in terms of the manifestation, the sending of His mercy, 100 parts, of which one part is all the mercy in the world, and 99 parts Allah Ta'ala has reserved for the Day of Judgment. Allahu Akbar. So we know there's so many people Allah forgives in this world, so many sinners He forgives in this world, so many millions go on Hajj, on Yawm Al-Arafah, get forgiven every year. And still that's just 1% of Allah Ta'ala's mercy. 99 times more mercy will come down the Day of Judgment. So this hadith of Nabi Kareem Sassam gives us great hope that on that day Allah Ta'ala is going to be sending so much mercy. 99 times Yawm Al-Arafah level of mercy coming down on Yawm Al-Din. And Sayyidina Umar he narrated another hadith that Sayyidina Rasulullah said. A bit of a long hadith, I'll just give you the meaning that what happened once that there was some prisoners of war who were brought to the Prophet in which there was also one female woman prisoner. But she was very worried because she was missing her child and she was looking for her child. Now any one of us can imagine that a mother, it doesn't matter if she's a believer or not, or by virtue of being a mother. If a mother loses her small child, then you can imagine what state of worry she's in. So she was looking for her child, looking for her child, looking for her child. Continuously looking for her child. Then some Sahaba Ikram, they found the child and they sent the child to her. When she found the child, she was so happy and so overjoyed. And she picked up the child and she clasped the child to her breast. Right there, Sayyidina Susan was watching this scene. And Sayyidina Rasul was watching his Sahaba watch the scene. So he turned to his Sahaba and asked them, Do you think this mother would ever throw her child into the fire? Look at the tirbiyat of Nabi Kareem Sassam. Look how he teaches Sahaba Ikram. Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah Sassam, never. Look how happy she is. She's so overjoyed to find this child she thought was lost. We could, it's inconceivable for us to think that she would ever throw her son into the fire. Then Nabi Kareem Sassam, he explained to them that Allah SWT is infinitely more merciful to his ibad than this woman, mother is merciful to her son. Look at the way the Muslim took advantage of opportunities to train Sahaba Ikram. But that means we have to make ourselves from his ibad, from ibadik as-salihin, from your true, virtuous, righteous servants and slaves, Ya Allah. So these hadith give us a great feeling of the Mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another hadith. On the Day of Judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would take two people out from Jahannam and call them in front of Him. And He will ask them that how do you find your abode, your home? So both of them will say that Be'tha, this is the worst terrible place. We are living in the worst of condition because of what we did. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, okay, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will respond to them that you're living in this 
only because of your own misdeeds. Go back to Jahannam. Okay? So then the two of them will go back to Jahannam. But they both do different things. One of them, when Allah Ta'ala says, go back to Jahannam, he runs. He literally goes and he runs towards Jahannam. The other one, when Allah Ta'ala said, go back to Jahannam, he starts walking towards Jahannam and he keeps looking back. Then he starts walking, then he starts looking back. Then he starts walking, he starts looking back. So Allah Ta'ala sends angels, bring the two of them back. So they both come back. Allah Ta'ala says that, why did, ask the first one who ran towards Jahannam, why did you run like that? He said, Ya Allah, my whole life I disobeyed you. And that's why I'm in Jahannam. Today you gave me a command, go back to Jahannam. I said, let me obey you properly once. And I started to run to Jahannam. I said, oh, my servant, you wanted to obey me once. Your one obedience is enough. I take you out of Jahannam and put you into Jahannam. Then he asked the second one, that you were walking slowly and you kept looking back. He said, yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I sinned against you and that's why I ended up in Jahannam. But my whole life, I also used to hear from my elders that you were Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. So when you took me out of Jannah, I actually had that hope that maybe it's this Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. It's Allah being Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim with me. And so I came in front of you thinking that, that you took me out of Jannah because you were going to be merciful. And when you told me to go back to Jahannam, all my hopes were dashed and I couldn't believe it. So I was walking back to Jahannam, but I kept looking back, looking back again, hoping for your mercy. And then again I would walk towards Jahannam, again I would look, hope for your mercy. So I said, oh my slave, you have hope in my mercy. Know that I am merciful to the one who has hopes in me. Send him to Jahannam. So even the people of Jahannam can end up in Jannah. This is what the ulama used to say, that this hadith gives us great hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we cannot even imagine the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's limitless, unbelievable, unfathomable. Now some hadith about the fear. Sayyidina Rasulullah narrated about Jibreel alayhi and told that whenever Jibreel salam used to come visit me with revelation, never did he come except that he was shivering and trembling. And then I asked him once, why? And he said, oh Prophet Wasallam, when I come to bring revelation to you, I'm coming from Allah SWT. And even though he's angel, and he's the imam of the angels, angel Jibreel, he says, every time I go in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm so terrified. I'm so scared. That that fear still lasts with me all the way I came down to you to give you revelation. I'm still shaking with fear. Allahu Akbar. Now imagine if angel Jibreel, who is incapable of sin, by virtue of being an angel, will never ever possibly, can ever even go to Jannah. He is so scared of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then imagine how much fear me and you should feel for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Agar Jibreel kaampte hai, to hum kab kaampne wale ban jayenge? Ye jo khauf hai, isko kaampna kehte hai. ko khauf kehte Don't worry, I'm saying the same stuff in Urdu that I say in English. For some of our other people who can enjoy the Urdu one. Same thing I said in English, don't worry. There'll be nothing I say in Urdu that I didn't already say or will say in English. This fear means to tremble, this fear means to shake. So this is the fear of Jibreel mentioned this. The fear of Nabiya Kareem also mentioned this. Ummu Mu'mineen Sayyidah Ashur Radiyatullah she narrates that whenever there was a storm, dust storm, or a lot of clouds would come, Sayyidina Rasulullah's face would go pale out of fear. So she asked, Ya Rasulullah, why are you feeling this fear? And she said that, Oh Aisha, when I see these weather changes, I remember the punishments that Allah Ta'ala sent on the previous communities. And I have fear of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Although he knew that this Ummah has been promised that they won't get any punishment like that. Because of Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Du'as. But still the reminder of the punishments of previous communities was enough to put him in such a state of fear. So if Sayyidina Rasulullah has so much fear, Say the angel Jibreel has so much fear. Then can you imagine how much fear we should have? Then the fears of Sahaba Ikram. 
Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq towards the end of his life he used to say that I wish I was just a blade of grass grass me grass katinka hota what does it mean? that I wasn't a human I was scared now that I'm going to have to go in front of Allah I wish I was some other type of creation that I wouldn't have to face Allah on the day of judgment I wish I was grass he said I wish I was the hair on the back of a goat I wish I was anything except a human who has to go on front and present himself to his Rabb. This is the year of Sahaba Ikram. It's saying Abu Bakr is a Siddiq. The Prophet some all those hadiths that we hear about him, he also knew them. He also knew that the Prophet is Ashtaram Babashara, one of the ten promised Jannah. He knew that also. But he's still feeling fear. Mean you don't have any such promise. Front seat for now. Toast from the back. So the fear of saying Abu Bakr is Siddiq of the greatest of the angels, Jibreel salam, Greatest of the Malaika, fear for Allah Ta'ala. Greatest of Anbiya, Sayyidina Susan. Fear of Malaika. Greatest of Ghair Anbiya. That's Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. The greatest non-prophetic human being. Fear for Allah Subhanahu hmm? Me and you are nowhere near the greatest of Mu'mineen. We're not even the greatest Mu'mineen alive today. We're not even the greatest Mu'mineen in Humliya. We are, don't, we are not number one on any list. We're not number one on any list. Hmm? When are we going to have that number one fear of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala? Then... To show you another aspect of the fear of Allah subhanahu ta'ala, sahabe kram, they would get fear of Allah subhanahu ta'ala when they would recite Qur'an. When they would recite Qur'an. And sometimes they would get stuck on one verse and they would just keep reciting that single verse over and over and over again all night in fear. Listen to a few verses. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. When he heard the recitation of this verse, Inna adaba rambika lawaqib ma'lahu min dafi' That indeed the punishment of your Lord was necessarily going to happen and there is no one who can stave it off. He fell ill for one month. Sayyidina Umar Vajatana such a Jalil al-Qadr sahabi. He fell ill in a week for one month. When Sayyidina Salman Farsi Vajatana he heard the following verse, وَإِنَّ جَهَنَّمَ لَمَوْعِدُهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ What happened is a long story, Salman al-Fasir came to Islam a bit later. And when he came, he had to... You see, one is the new verses that were being revealed in front of Sahaba. Then second was, if somebody accepted Islam after the Prophet Islam's prophethood, some revelation had already been revealed before them accepting Islam. So they couldn't witness the original revelation, but they would ask Sahaba what's already been revealed. So then Saman al-Farsi, when he was catching up, if you will, and learning about some verses that were already revealed, he heard this. He didn't realize, the translation of this, that indeed Jahannam will be the resting place of all of them. Now he didn't know the context that this verse was about kuffar. He just heard the trend, he took it literally, that Jahannam will be the resting place, uh, Ajmain of all. So he started thinking that that includes him. So he started crying and crying, he started screaming. That's what is written. He started wailing at the level of screaming. And then Sahaba explained to him that, no, no, this is not about you. Allah, there's so much fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you know the story of his life, how much he traveled for the sake of Allah ta'ala, how much he loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but still he had this fear. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar, the son of Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhumah, <coughs> He recited this verse for hours. وَإِن تُمْدُوا مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوْ تُكْفُوهُ يُحَاسِبْكُمْ بِهِ If you reveal what you do or what's inside you, or if you conceal it either way, Allah SWT is going to call you to account, is going to take you to task, is going to examine you on everything you do, on your outer and your inner. And he kept reciting it and he kept crying, and he kept reciting it and he kept crying. Allah Akbar Kabira. Then Sayyidina Abu Huraira, Radiallahu ta'ala anhu. 
He used to recite this verse and cry. أَفَمِنْ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ تَعْجِبُونَ وَتَذْهَكُونَ وَلَا تَبْكُونَ That you laugh and you don't cry? You are listening to these powerful verses of Qur'an وَتَذْهَكُونَ وَلَا تَبْكُونَ And you laugh and smile and you're not able to cry? You're not yet scared of Allah SWT? After this immense Qur'an that even the mountains denied that they could not bear this Qur'an you have chosen to bear it and still you don't cry? Then Sayyidina Rasulullah also mentioned in one hadith that there was a verse that Sayyidina Rasulullah started reciting over and over again and crying. In tu'adhibhum fa innuhum ibaduk wa in tagfir lahum fa innaka antal azizul hakeem. This is actually what Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam would tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of judgment. In tu'adhibhum fa innuhum ibaduk that oh Allah if you punish them it is your right because they are your slaves. But Allah, if you forgive them, فَإِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْأَزِيزُ hakim That Allah Ta'ala, you are the all-powerful all and the all-wise one. And so Sayyidina Sallam used to cry, why? Because he was thinking, he was moved, that if Sayyidina Isa is going to talk about his ummah this way, that I'm, what am I going to do for my ummah? How am I going to talk to Allah Ta'ala and plead the case of my ummah? Because it's also true of my ummah, that they are the slaves of Allah Ta'ala. And if Allah Ta'ala wants to punish them, Allah Ta'ala would be in the right to punish the sinners of my ummah due to their sins. So he used to cry for the sake of his ummah, kept on reciting this verse. So this is another aspect of our deen. This is what I was saying, to feel the feelings of Qur'an. At least there should be, and I'm going fast, we gathered many stories of many sahaba, of many verses that they used to fear. I will recite one more to you. Alright, so you understand that this may be something that we may be in danger of. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, سَنَسْتَدْرِجُهُمْ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ That we will punish them. But it means gradually. We will gradually, gradually punish them from the, for their sins in a way that they will never even realize. They will not be cognizant of it. They won't be aware. Sometimes we think that, oh, I'm doing sin and my life is going fine. I still have my job. I'm still praying salah. Everything's going fine. So we get deluded. We think maybe Allah Ta'ala is not punishing me for sin. No, no, no. Allah Ta'ala is in the Quran. مَنْ يَعْمَلْسُوا أَنْ يُجْزَبِهِ That whomsoever commits an evil sin, he will necessarily, definitely, definitively have to face the consequences of that sin. But one way Allah Ta'ala makes us face those consequences is gradually. He'll gradually take the barakah out from our life. We won't even be aware of it. He'll gradually take the barakah from our health, the barakah from our wealth, the happiness. He will take out the enjoyment and ibadah. He will take things out. And we won't even realize it and we'll think we're sinning and still things are going fine. Oh, this should make us afraid. This ayah should give us fear. Then another verse like this, Allah And when they forgot the advices and admonishments that were given to them in Quran, فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Allah Ta'ala says, we opened up to them the doors of all the worldly bounties. We gave them wealth, we gave them status, we gave them career, we gave them prestige. Kulli we gave them everything. Hatta idha farihu bima utu. that they became joyous that, oh look, we have so much. Then what happens? Akhadnahum baghdatan. And Allah Ta'ala says, all of a sudden I punished them. When they could never see it coming. They were living their merry-go-lucky lives and living in their worldly comforts. And they were sinning, and they got more worldly comforts, and they were sinning, and they got more worldly comforts. Allahu Akbar. Then listen to Qur'an about one of the Bani Israel. He used to worship Allah Ta'ala for 400 years. And he disobeyed Allah Ta'ala once. He worshipped Allah Ta'ala for 400 years. He made a sin once. Why? Because he followed his nafs. So Allah Ta'ala tells about him in Qur'an, he chose to follow his nafs instead of Allah. So what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? فَمَثَلُهُ كَمَثَلِ الْكَلْبِ Allah ta'ala says his likeness is like a dog from now on. 
اللہ تعالیٰ کی نظر میں کتے کی طرح قرار دیا In your Quran, your eternal Quran, you declared him for everyone to see that he is just like a dog. We don't have those 400 years of worship. And we have followed our nafs not once, many times. We should be scared. We should be scared. So many verses in Quran, Allah Akbar. Really, if we were to do all of them, it would be too much for people. too much they wouldn't be able to bear it they wouldn't be able to bear it so then we will end then on one two verses of hope because this is the way of Allah subhanahu that the hope is ghalib on the fear that Allah Ta'ala's mercy prevails over his wrath but we must feel the fear for the mercy to prevail very important the main point of tonight we must feel the fear in our heart for Allah Ta'ala's mercy to prevail over us. You understand? So it's one, two verses of hope that Allah Ta'ala puts in Quran. In fact, we'll just do two for you. Allah Ta'ala is so kareem, so kareem, that not only does he extend his mercy to the sinning believers when they make istighfar, like we did earlier, even the disbelievers, the deniers, the ones who reject Allah SWT, the atheists in Qur'an, even Allah Ta'ala reaches out to them in Qur'an. So it gives us hope. What did Allah Ta'ala say in Qur'an? One verse Allah Ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhal insan, ma ghallaka bi rabbikal that, oh, insan who has failed to adopt iman, oh, insan who has rejected Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ma what has deceived you, what has deluded you? And look at the words, Allah ta'ala, rabbika, he's saying, I'm still your, your rab. Who is Allah ta'ala telling that I'm your rab? The people who are atheists? Allah ta'ala is telling atheists, I am your rab, birabbika. What type of Rabb? Birabbik al-Kareem. I'm your Kareem Rabb. <laughs> so we can make the Ya Allah, if the ones who deny you, they get such a beautiful sentence from you, that you are telling them that you are your Kareem Rabb. Allah Ta'ala, we are people of Tawheed. We are people of Sajda. We only believe in you. We are people of Kalima. People of La Ilaha Illallah. Surely then Allah, you are also our Rabb Kareem. Then another verse, Allah Ta'ala calls those who disbelieve Him, where are you going? What direction have you taken? What direction can you take away from me? Ya Allah, if you can call out to those people who disbelieve you, who have taken a direction opposite from you, Ya Allah, we are Ahli Qibla, we are Ahli Sunnah, we are people whose direction is towards you, our life is oriented towards you, surely Ya Rabbi Kareem, you will send your mercy on us. So these are verses that give us extreme hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. So we should have the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our heart, the hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy in our heart. If we have this fear and hope, then inshallah we will have the feelings of deen. Once we have the feelings of deen, then it's very easy to have the actions of deen. May Allah Allah accept this near from us tonight. We will make dua after Isha Salah inshallah. So we'll call Adhan, we pray Isha, and then we'll end tonight's gathering with Dua. So make sure you stay for Dua, because the best thing we can do is make Dua for each other, and to make Dua for ourselves in this masjid, and do Amal right now, the way Allah Ta'ala told us, يَدْعُونَنَا خَوْفًا وَرَغَبًا That we should make Dua Allah Ta'ala fearfully, and we should make Dua to Allah Ta'ala hopefully. وَآخِرَ دَعْوَانَا أَنَ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ لَبِّنْ Make the one subhanallah bin Allah Muhammadah Masadiyah Sinuna Muhammad Wala Ali Sinuna Muhammad Mubarak Masalim Ramana Dhanamna Anfasana wa innam tafillana wa tafhamna dhanakunana mana qasirin Rabbik Firwarham wa anta khirul rahibin Ramana Latazikulubana Bada il Hadaitana 
Allah. Minka hubbaka ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask of you that you grant us your own love, your own belovedness, that you bring us close to you. Let us never go far again. Ya Allah, after giving us knowledge, let us never behave like the ignorant. After giving us guided, guidance, let us behave like those astray. Ya Allah, after bringing us so close to you, bringing us into your masjid, letting us to sajda to you, let us never use our body to disobey you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, have mercy on us, Ya Allah. We make dua for all of those who are present, all who are listening. Whenever they're listening, Ya Allah, make us all from the salihin, from the muttaqin, from the siddiqin, from the tawabin, from the awabin, from the qanitin, from the mutawakkilin. Grant us all the sifat of mu'mineen. And Ya Allah, before we sin, we ask you, Ya Allah, that we are scared, Ya Rabbi Kareem, that every year comes and we do new sins. Ya Rabbi Kareem, stop it, Ya Allah. Stop us, Ya Allah. Stop this nafs, Ya Allah. If our nafs is amara, you are also amar, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Issue your command. Decree your hukam. Ya Allah, we are scared of doing yet another sin, falling into yet another sin. Ya Allah, safeguard us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Protect us from the zillat of sin. Protect us from the humiliation of sin, the deprivation of sin, the degradation of sin. Ya Allah, grant us the izzat of iman, the izzat of taqwa, the izzat of haya. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we make dua for this ummah, Ya Allah. We make istighfar for the whole ummah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Forgive the sins of the entire ummah, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins of the sinners. Forgive the sins of the sinful. Ya Rabbi Kareem, guide us all, Ya Rabbi Kareem. We are living in an age of fitna and fasad, fisk and fujur. The environment of sin is everywhere. Ya Allah, protect us, Ya Allah. Guide us, Ya Allah. Protect the youth of this ummah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Safeguard our iman, the iman of our children, the iman of all of our descendants until Yom Din. Ya Allah, we want to pledge ourselves to you this night, our children to you, our families to you, our entire progeny to you until Yom Din. Accept it, Ya Allah. Decree for us iman, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, if anybody has any dua in their heart that they're asking of you, a sincere, pious dua, grant their duas, Ya Allah. Samki dini firyal kukubul farma. Samki nek tamanna kukubul farma. Samki nek muradu kukubul farma. Ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana takamal minna innaka anta samiul alim. Watubu alayna innaka anta tawabur rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين